great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Well, the splendor of a king, oh, the majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God! Is our God, oh, and all who see how great, how great is our God. And age to age we stand, and time is in his end, beginning and the end. Christ our one, uniting times come, soon we're going home, soon we're going home, how great is our God, oh sing with me, how great is our God, and all we see how great. How great is our God. Let's sing name above all names. our God, yes, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, oh, and all will see how great, how great is our God, could we sing name above all names again together? Sing it again now.
how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Oh, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Isn't he lovely? Hallelujah. Amen. We praise you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy to be praised, Lord. Hallelujah. My, sounds so wonderful when you praise the Lord Jesus like that. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning, and we just welcome you. Hope you'll join with us to give God some glory this morning. Amen. If you're streaming today, we welcome you. Amen. Just pray that you would uh, create an atmosphere, and I trust the Holy Spirit will minister to your needs as well. Amen. Let's sing the song. You were playing it earlier, Brother Matt. Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Amen. Let's sing this together with all of our hearts. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the prize Victory. 
special needs to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. In Christ alone will I glory. In Christ alone do I glory. I think this is the wrong key. Key of G. In Christ alone do I glory, though I could pride myself in battles won. For I've been blessed beyond measure, and by His strength alone I overcome. Oh, I could stop and count successes. Like diamonds in my head But those trophies could not equal To the grace by which I stand In Christ alone I place my trust And find my glory in the power of the cross in every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope, is Christ alone. In Christ alone do I glory, for only by His grace I am. For only His tender mercy Could reach beyond my weakness to my need And now I see no greater honor Than just to know Him more And to count my gains but losses to the glory of my Lord in Christ alone singing now I place my trust Place my trust, yes, and fire. 
find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength. Yes, that's right. My source of hope. Let's sing it again. In Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. Every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength. My source of hope is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. We place our trust in Christ. Amen. In Christ alone. He has the answers, my friend, to all of life's troubles and needs. Amen. Let's turn our hearts to Him at this time. Amen. And we'll take our special needs to the Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy Clayville if he would be ready to take these needs for us. Hallelujah. Uh, we would like for you to remember Sister Becky Coffey and, and Brother Mary Coffey, who is not with us today. Uh, Sister Becky is uh, staying with Brother Ernest Fulcher. If you would remember them in your prayers, remember your pastor as well. Amen. They could not be with us today, and we certainly miss them. Um, we have Brother Dennis McBride. Brother Dennis McBride will be ministering for us today, and we're looking forward to what the word has in store for us today uh, please keep brother tim uh ask ash long in, in your prayers uh, with his re- death of his family member recently uh, we just want to remember him and his wife in prayer uh, if you'll remember brother joe pascal in your prayers and his uh, need to hold him up before the lord man we're going to keep brother johnny reynolds in prayer it's good to see you here today with us brother god bless you we're praying for you certainly God would intercede on your behalf, my friend. Uh, we also would like for you to remember Sister uh, Sister Frida and Brother Joseph Drum in prayer, amen, and their special needs before the Lord. I have a special need here. I uh, want to remember Brother James Haynes, uh, Brother Mike's brother-in-law. He is in ICU and has many complications, amen. So there's a very special need that we need to before the Lord. Brother Jeremy, if you would come forward. Do you have unspoken prayer requests? By the uplifted hands. Amen. God bless you. We're going to pray with you, friends. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord Jesus, we just counted a privilege, Lord, to gather together in your name, in your house this morning, Lord. Father, we approach you humbly by the sacrifice that you made at Calvary, Lord. Father, you've heard these needs and requests, Lord. You know uh, the hearts of your people, Lord, even to the things that are unspoken, Lord. Father, we give them into your capable hands, Lord, and we believe, Lord, that you're more than able to meet each need, Lord. Father, for healing, for direction, for deliverance, for strength, joy. Lord, for for everything that we have need of, Lord, we can draw that from you, Lord. 
So, Father, we thank you in advance. And, Lord Jesus, as we worship you, Lord, and just lift you up, God, we pray that you would come and walk these aisles, Lord. Touch our hearts, Lord. Father, as we just prepare our hearts for uh, the word that will come, we pray, Lord, that you would use the minister. Lord, anoint uh, his lips to speak and on our hearts to receive it, Lord. Father, we just want to examine ourselves in the mirror of your word, Lord. We want to be more like you, is our heart's desire. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would have your way in the service. Be lifted up. Get all the glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. I'll let you have your seats. And we have a special this morning for you from the Buchanan family. And as they're making their way, I had a, just a brief announcement uh, to present. Um, I was made aware that there were some chairs that are missing uh, from the fellowship hall. If anyone has uh, borrowed any of the chairs and you have those, if you could return those uh, in time for the uh, couple's banquet. Amen. And we would greatly appreciate that. Um, if you have not signed up, I don't know if there's any slots let, left yet or not, but you uh, you could certainly talk to the deacons or the pastor about that, and I'm sure they could work something out for you. Sure is good to be here on this cold, rainy morning. I believe it's a warm, Holy Ghost rainy morning in here, though. Just want to do this song. Uh, <clears throat> growing up, the Happy Goodmans was was a part of my life. That was my mother's favorite group, and I just uh, I thank God for my for my mother raising me the way she did. I know it was her prayers that that has brought me through. We'd just uh, like to sing this for her this morning.
clouds of glory Saints of every race Shall behold His face With Him enter heaven's city Ever to proclaim What a lovely name Sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven Let the world proclaim What a lovely name says every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I'm thankful of that. I hope he's the Lord of your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning and we're going to invite our deacons if they would come forward. We'll take up our morning offering just before the word. Had a little song on my heart. Thought we could try it. Uh, He's in the house. Amen. If we could sing that together. Brother Mike Pritchard, if you'll lead us in prayer for the offering. Amen. Little, little girls. Let's try that. Little girl was lying there, people all were weeping. They just laughed at Jesus when he said she's only sleeping. And as he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to praise the Lord. And some begin to sing in the house when death had to flee, and 
now there is light where darkness used to be and now there is hope oh there's no more doubt praise his name praise his name he's in the house let's sing the first verse again Little girl was lying there, people all were weeping. Think about it now. They just laughed at Jesus when he said she's only sleeping. And as he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Well, some began to praise the Lord. Oh, some begin to say, He's in the house, oh, death has to flee. Well, now there is light where darkness used to be, and now there is hope, oh, there's no more doubt. Think about this now. We were like that little girl, dead in all our sin. Till Jesus came and touched his heart and gave us life again. And we are just a house of clay. And ever since that blessed day, Well, there's a light that shines in me for all the world to see. Oh, He's in the house. Oh, and death has to flee. Brother Dennis, now there is a light where darkness used to be. Oh, well, there's no had to flee Oh, and now there is light where darkness used to be And now there is hope There's no more doubt Praise His name Praise His name He's in the Sounded wonderful. Amen. And we know that it's more than just sound. 
Amen. It's the hearts that it come from. Amen. So as I told you before, I just appreciate you all here. Um, I enjoy coming here, not only to minister, but actually just to be a part of the services whenever I can. Wonderful atmosphere. You guys are a great group to me. <clears throat> so I appreciate that. And uh, God bless Brother Barry, and he, he asked that I would make sure I greeted you all on his behalf. Amen. Um, so it's muggy outside, but we thank God for his grace. Um, this, <clears throat> I, this combination of weather being cold and wet, uh, I don't think I'm the only one that dislikes that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But nonetheless, we thank God being able, or for being able to see another day. Amen. Regardless of the conditions. <clears throat> I don't want to keep you standing long. So um, let's go to... Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. It says in verse 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. It says, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Verse 45 says, and again, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Amen. So just one note I want to make just to place it upon your hearts and your minds is the fact that they found something. Right. Um, And when you find something, you don't pay for it. But then they went and they they sold all that they had to buy it. But you found it. So I just want to kind of place that on your hearts. Amen. Let's go from there to Isaiah 55. Because it runs along the same lines as those few verses of scripture there. In Isaiah 55, in verse 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, it says, Come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, he says, and buy. But you don't have no money. But he's asking you to buy. He says, he says, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. He says, hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come ye unto me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Amen. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your worship service, Lord.
the benefits, Father, that we all gain through that, Lord. But we realize, Father, that now that the service has started, Father, the enemy really tries to come in, Lord, and bring about whatever distractions that he can within the individual hearts and minds of all of us, Lord. So, Father, we pray that you would help us right now not to be distracted in any way by the enemy, Father, and to be focused upon you, Lord God, to worship you within your word. And we pray that you would give us understanding, Father God. May you help me, Lord, to speak plainly. Give me, give me, Lord, that, that unction of your spirit, Father, that I might be able to speak, Lord, very clearly and very plainly, Lord, that the youngest in here can be able to understand by your grace. Father, we love you, Lord. This is your service, Lord. These are your people. We commit ourselves to you right now, Father. Forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, Lord. That's why we've come here this morning, Father, because we recognize our need, our great need of more of you. Father, so give us your word, your balm, Lord, and may we be healed, Father, and made whole even more, Father, than what we have already by your grace. We love you, Lord, and thank you for all things. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask these things and we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. So I'm going to deal with a subject that... Mm, has become very dear to my heart because it deals with me in a great way uh, in my everyday life. And I'm I'm sure that that as we walk through it, that we'll all come to to see this in the same way. Um, So as a subject, I want to take the word of value. Amen. Value. Um, just by definition, the word value, it means the regard that something is held to deserve. Amen. The regard that something is held, it says to deserve. It also says it's the importance, the worth or usefulness of something. So I know for the brothers now, we all have tools for the most part, and, and there are some tools that we deem to be more valuable than other tools, right, because of the purpose that is used for what we're able to accomplish with that tool. Isn't that right? Same for sisters. You got items or whatever it might be that, that's a great help to you, uh, is very useful to you. You know, uh, in your maybe everyday life, maybe weekly or whenever a certain situation comes about, it's something that you can look at and depend on and you get great use out of it to achieve whatever you need to achieve. So whenever you see that, then that, of course, it, it, it begins to uh, it automatically is raised in your sight to have a value that's above maybe uh, just normal utensils or items or maybe normal screwdrivers. Right. And, and whenever something uh, uh, holds a, a, a particular value to you, amen, it actually dictates how you handle it. Isn't that right? So, for, so things that hold more of a value to you, you don't just throw it any and everywhere where you can't find it easily the next time you need it. 
You say, you know what? This thing is very valuable. So let me place this somewhere where, for one, nobody else can't just up and grab it. You know, if you got grandkids and they run around and whatever, you don't want them to come across it and just kind of maybe take it and just put it somewhere in the house behind a couch or something. You don't know where it's at when you need it. Right. So you take care in where you place it, how you handle it, how it's kept up. Amen. And so as we walk into this subject here, saints, keep that in mind, because uh, we make decisions every day. Right. And our decisions are based upon uh, the value that certain things hold within our lives. Isn't that right? Amen. And I, I, I want to just take it. I, I don't want to draw this out longer than what it needs to be. But but when it comes to God. Many people. I'm going to say it in this way. Many people want to love God. Right. Because for one, I mean, uh, if, if you've come across him, if you've heard anything about him, you realize that, man, you know, he is somebody that I need to be connected with. Right. He I mean, he's God. He controls life. He controls destinies. Right. So I need to be connected with this God. And many people want to love God. Right. And, and many people may say, Lord, I love you. Right. But then when it comes to our decisions, they speak a volume to God. So it's not enough for God for us to say that we love him. Right? In his word, what did he say, saints? He said, if you love me, he said, keep my commandments. The world that we live in now, and I hate to say this, I really do hate to say this, but even amongst many that sit among the truth, because, you know, in the Bible it talks about, uh, in a certain part there, it talks about the superfluity of naughtiness, right? And, and what, what that's dealing with is, you know, our prior conversations, our prior dealings in the world, our prior lives in the world, right? Uh, we, we live that, right? Uh, uh, some of you may have been privileged to be brought up in the message of the hour. You know, uh, I wasn't. I was brought up in the world. I didn't go to church. My family didn't go to church like that. Uh, I think the only time we went to church is in funerals, you know? So I, I grew up in a home and in an environment that wasn't very healthy, you know, to, to my well-being. Right. But how many thank God for the grace of God? Amen. That God didn't allow mine that he didn't allow me to become a full product. I would say of my environment and of my upbringing. Right. But, you know, back back in that time, as I was I was coming up, um, I I was I I was taught many things. Right. I, I was taught to value you know, certain things in life and what have you. And, 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 and as, as God began to come and actually reveal himself to me, I began to realize that all these things are wrong. But now I've been exposed. I've been exposed to spirits. Right. I can remember at very young ages coming up in a home that was not that, that God was not the head of I, at the year of 12 years old. I remember coming in contact with something that haunted me for many years of my life, all the way up until the time that God began to come to me and deal with my heart. 
And even after that point, it was something that I had to battle with because God, he exposed the enemy now and I'm able to see the enemy. But now I need deliverance. So that superfluity of naughtiness is like residue. That's kind of remaining in a person's life from those previous conversations. And these are all these little residues or whatever got to be cleaned up. Amen. Wiped away by the grace of God. The Bible calls it the circumcision made without hands. It's the power of the Holy Ghost coming inside of individual lives. Amen. To change them, change their desires, change their person, change their perspectives. So we all deal with that. Right. Right. And even even now this morning, you know, uh, you know, maybe 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 there is some residue that's felt and known about and that's wrestled with. Sometimes that can go on for years. But what happens, the dangerous thing that I see, what's wonderful, I'll say what's wonderful first. What's wonderful is when you see someone have a real experience with God. They're not claiming themselves to be perfect by any stretch. Right. But they but 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 they're able to recognize, Lord, I'm not where I was. I'm not where I used to be and I'm not I'm not where I should be. Right. But Lord, I, I thank God, Father, that you're working with me in my life and whatever it is that's in my life to be purged of that. I need to be delivered from Father. Help me not to protect those spirits. Because depending on the place that something holds in your life, have mercy. Amen. It'll obtain a value. I have a 2006 F-150 outside. If somebody came to me and say, brother, I got a 2024. F-150. Without you having to do anything, would you want to make that exchange? What, what would my answer be? Sure. <laughs> I'll leave everything. Well, I won't leave it in your parking lot, but hey, <laughs> have at it, brother. Praise the Lord. Why? Because that, that holds more value to me. My decision will be based based upon the value. I mean, a 2024 compared to a 2006, that's a no brainer. Right. But this is the thing that Satan tries to draw us each into constantly. He tries to devalue God in our hearts and our minds. But in a listen now, and this is the thing I have to be honest with myself. I might say I love God, but what are my decisions? They speak the real value, the real value that God holds in my own life, even as a minister. What do I allow to be esteemed higher than God when it comes down to the maybe what we call the simplest things, even just simple prayer? How much time do we give the prayer? And as we scan back over our lives, let's kind of let's pinpoint those things that we did versus, you know, within time that we could have prayed. What are those things that we did in place of prayer? 
We really have to be honest with ourselves, right? Because this is our individual growth. So you have people that hold things close to their heart. So when it comes time to give up something, they really don't want to do it. They may go through all the motions. They may act like they want to do it. They may say they want to do it. They may even say they might even say I've done it. But they're not being honest with themselves. One characteristic about the bride of Christ is that she can easily admit that she's wrong. And that she needs help. Praise the Lord. Amen. God has dealt with her in that area of pride. She realizes that pride will get her nowhere but in deeper trouble. Listen, and in prolonged spiritual illness, in prolonged periods of time with spiritual sicknesses. You end up dealing with things much longer than what you have to. Right. Jesus said, I didn't come for those that say they're already whole. He said, but I came for those that know they have a need of a physician. Right. They recognize their situation. They recognize their condition and all they want is help. And those that come to that place, they're able to see now the value that Christ holds. Once you're able to see the requirements, because God's God's standards are high, are they not? Amen. And God has placed them so high that we can't get there. We can't achieve those heights on our own through our own self will. We need a power that's able to come in and produce the goods inside of our lives that brings about a real and lasting change. Not a change for a week, not a change for a month because we feel good and we get into a routine of good habits, but something that lasts continuously. It's quick and it's made to live. Remember, you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but then no, he says each one of these virtues have to be birthed in you. So it's baptism after baptism, he says, striking you. (sighs) Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to work our way back around to our opening scriptures. I just kind of want to say this by the grace of God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the what? The pleasures of sin for a season. It says esteeming. Right. So now through Moses's actions, we're able to see the value of the things of God that they gain within his life, in his mind, in his heart. Because now his decisions, his actions, amen, was a result of what he had come to. It says esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the unto the recompense of the reward. So Moses had a decision that he could have made and he did make. Right. Just like we have decisions. Right. Many times people are they're used to a certain status of life. Right. 
and they can't imagine themselves coming down to any lower of a place. I just I just can't stand it. I'm not saying I can't stand it, but just maybe the thoughts of some people. I just can't stand the thought of me not being able to conduct my life in the way maybe that I was used to all of my life. Maybe you were fortunate to be born within a family that had established wealth. Right. And then you got used to a certain lifestyle. I saw this little video clipping of this little guy. He was three years old. And his, his parents had a, one of their cars was a Ferrari. And it was interesting because the three-year-old boy, he had this little device that he was able to put on the hood of the car. Because they, they were saying how he can actually drive the car out of the garage and then turn it around and then back it up and back it into the garage perfectly. So he had a little device he put on the hood that allowed him to be able to see on the outside. And he had a device on the inside that allowed him to be able to see what the camera was seeing on the outside. And he took his little legs and stuff and he went in there and and he got the call situated and he pulled it out and backed it back up and jumped out and gave a smile and a thumbs up. He's born into wealth. Right. And people that are used to that, they have a hard time departing from it. And it don't, it don't all together have to be all, it, all, it, don't, it doesn't always have to, have to be wealth. You can take that and apply that to, to, to a number of things. Things that people have a hard time departing from. Right? But in those cases, no matter what, be it riches or whatever your situation might be, there's a time of decision you must come to. And now let's take this from here and let's go to Mark chapter 8. Actually, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Because when you're in the previous lifestyle, you know, and, 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 your, and your, your, your whole being is kind of formed around the, the teachings of the world, you know, the teachings that you received in school, the teachings you received at home, you know, and it dictated to you what, what, what you should esteem to be valuable or not, right? And in my home, guess what? God was taught to me to not be valued. They didn't tell me that. But that's the, that's the influence. That's the life that was lived before me. Amen. So I take that very, very like I have five, five kids that God blessed me with. Right. They watch daddy. You understand what I'm saying? They watch They listen. They watch to see if I pray. I encourage them to pray, but they watch to see if I pray. Amen. They watch daddy to see if daddy sits down with God and, and spend time in God's word. Right. As I was coming up, it was do as I say and not as I do. How many know that's wrong? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. We should be the very example in every place, in our home, in our, in our jobs, wherever we might be. Amen. Through how people see us conduct themselves. Amen. It should speak volumes of people's hearts and their minds. We're living epistles read of all men. But the question is, what are they reading? 
Mark 10, verse 17 says, and when he was gone forth in the way, talking about Christ, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not, do, not, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. And the Bible says that Jesus, beholding him, loved him. So there are many people that, 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 that rejoice in the fact that God loves them. That's a good thing. But the question is, do you love him back? See, this man is coming to Christ and seemingly he wants eternal life. By his words, see, in his mind, the imagination he had of it, he wanted to be able to enjoy the life he had on the earth and be able to partake in eternal life on the other side. He wanted the best in both worlds. Right? So seemingly he comes and he's inquiring, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He thought he wanted it. But when it came down to it and he understood, he came to understand what it required. The first thing is, as soon as he heard what it required, immediately he thought Christ was wrong. Why? Because he didn't speak in line with his own personal ambitions and desires. Isn't that how it happens, saints? We're all right with the word as long as the word is agreeing with us. But, but, but in those areas, those parts where the word doesn't agree with you but rubs against you, now all of a sudden you see it all over the message. All of a sudden those things become questionable. Christ became questionable at that point because notice how he goes on to say this. He says, one thing thou lackest, go thy way. And notice how he says this now. Now, he's asking for eternal life, right? Right, saints? But Christ now was telling him to sell something. (laughs) He had to sell, listen, he had to sell something in this life. He had to release something in this life in order for him to obtain something that he didn't have to pay for. He says, sell all. He says, sell whatsoever thou hast and give it to the poor. He says, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away. It says grieved. You asked for it, but you really didn't want it because now that you see what is required of you. Now, all of a sudden, listen. Whereas it became, it seemingly was, a, it had something to hell, uh, it, it was of a high value to you. You held it in high regard. But now because you see what requires, what was required of you to obtain it, now all of a sudden it went from being a high regard to nothing. I don't even want it no more. But he didn't know that he was rejecting eternal life. 
Because at that time, the devil was present also and Satan came into his mind and his heart and gave him a different interpretation. We see it all over the place, saints. Many times it's not visible. You understand? It's not always visible. You know, somebody can play the part, hold the image. But on the inside, And, and, and the thing about that, whatever is on the inside, it'll eventually come out. See, there's a harvest time. It's the maturity of whatever life is on the inside. It gets to a place to a person can't even, they were able to suppress, hold back and what have you, but it gets to a place to where it's got to come out. And you know one thing that Brother Branham said about Christ, and it always interests me, Right? When he came amongst the religious ones of that day, see, they were able to hide behind the cloak of religion for a while. But because he was the sunlight, what does the sunlight do to a weed or a cactus? It draws the life out. When the word of God was made manifest in that hour, you know what it did, saints? It forced the life to come out. When they came into his presence, it forced who they really were to come out and begin to express itself. They were murderers. They weren't lovers of God. They were, he said, you of your father, the devil. You understand what I'm saying? Lord have mercy. And that's what's happening even right now. Amen. Christ is beginning to magnify himself in the lives of his bride. Amen. And it's forcing the life of those around them to come out into a maturity. Now you're able to see things in their real colors. You're hearing things and you're beholding things that you never thought was possible. Lord have mercy. And God got to help us. Amen. Many of these things are shocking. Lord have mercy. I'm speaking by experience. I got people that were very close to me. Now all of a sudden you change and now you conduct yourself and act as though that what was all that that was before? I, I thought we were on the same page. I heard you say certain things out of your own mouth. Now all of a sudden it's changed. You've had a change of heart and a change of mind. This rich young ruler didn't want to take what, what it was that Christ, that Christ was offering him in the way that Christ offered it to him. He left thinking that Christ was wrong. And that he had a better thought of it. Let that not capture us, saints. You understand what I'm saying? I know many people are questioning the message in various ways and whatever. Amen. But let us not find ourselves in that category. Even the things that I can't understand, you know what I do? I shelve it and I say, God, by your grace, show it to me if you desire to. But regardless if he shows it to me or not, there's something on the inside of my soul that lets me know this message is 100% of God. There's no question at all. Satan is sly. He's slick, man. man, He tries to bring things in such a twisted way that'll make you pause and look, man, what is that? That's how it starts. But if we are children of God, guess what, saints? We can't be deceived. No matter what comes, how it comes, how deceiving, amen, by the grace of God, he'll keep us.
He'll straighten us out. He'll speak to our hearts. He'll give us revelation and clarity in every way that we stand in need of. Immediately, Christ and that request for eternal life became devalued in the actual eyes and heart of this man to the point where he became sad. And the Bible says even grieved. You mean to tell me all that I all that my parents worked for? To pass this on to me, if that was the case, the Bible don't give us that clarity. But if, if that was the case, well, even if it's something that he started himself, you mean to tell me now he's used to now living this lifestyle. He's used to being in the routines that he ha- that, that, that he's been in. Right. So now Christ is coming in and say, sell all that you have. He says, and give it to the poor. Now, if I sell all that I got, I don't have nothing left, do I? And now you're telling me to give it to to the poor. Now they'll have more than me. He had a battle on his hands. He was like, there's no way possible. Those that I were above, those that served me, now I'm going to be equal if not below them. I have too much pride. I've worked too hard for what I have. I can't depart from it like that. Oh, my There's a scripture, saints, that actually says that he that seeks to save his life, he should do what? He should lose it. That means if you try to preserve your current way of being. Now, I want to be real specific with this because the enemy loves to try to hide in little pockets of places. Right. Remember, Brother Brandon preached doors inside of a door. I let God in my life, but he only in the living room. You don't you don't close every other door and you got your chair sitting in the hallway and make sure he don't come past that chair. Uh, but Christ will come up to you sitting in that chair trying to block that hallway because you, you kind of you don't want him to go snooping around. He'll come right to you and say, you mind if I if I walk back there? You understand what I'm saying? So it's not enough to let Christ in your life. You got to let him have his full way. You got to let him have the preeminence. You can't restrict God in any way, form or fashion. So even though we we, we may have come so far, we got to be totally open and totally on. He already knows everything anyway. He's only here to help us, to give us what we're actually desiring. People, people desire to be with God. They desire to be better. They desire to be changed in so many ways. But then when it comes really down to it, how much do you really want it? It'll show in your response to Christ, just like the rich young ruler. He said, it's one thing thou lackest. What is that thing with us? He hit the very thing that was the very core of his life. The thing his life completely was centered around. Oh, my. So as we read, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that found a treasure. Right. And when he found that treasure again, he found it. He didn't have to pay for it. He just walking along and he looked over and something caught his eye. He went over to check it out. He was like, man, this is he, he recognized the value of it. So he took it and he went and hid it in the field. Right. 
But then once he hid it in the field, it's just strange, isn't it? You found it, it's yours. If we're walking through a store or anywhere and we see a $100 bill sitting on the cereal aisle on the bottom shelf, nobody on the aisle but you. And you don't see nobody coming back asking, or, 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 you know, like, if you see somebody come back looking for something, in your heart, you'll be like, man, did you lose something? Might be a little wise, but what did you lose? They might have lost their keys, (laughs) you know, right? But if you see it right there and you, you you know, nobody else on the aisle, but you, even if other people are on the aisle and you see it and you pick it up, you didn't have to pay for that. You can just put it in your pocket and go. You're not going to see that and then go and sell something to to, to buy. That don't make sense, do it? But in this case, this man that found this treasure, he actually found it. It was in his possession and he actually, he hid it in a field and he went and sold all that he had. Listen, his actions showed the value that what he found held in his sight. It was worth selling everything that he had. But to that rich young ruler, what Christ was offering him wasn't worth selling anything that he presently had in his life. Brother Brandon used to always encourage us to have, you know, to do a, a self-check, take inventory. Right? So at this very moment, on this morning, I believe we need to check, take an inventory. Christ has loved us unconditionally. He's forgiven us how many times, saints? We can't even count. We lost count. You can't even try to count. I'm 47 right now, so I know I'm in the quadruples. <laughs> I'm way out there throughout my lifetime. We see these things happening all over now, different countries, just different surveillance balloons and unidentified objects being shot down and Tensions just coming to a climax between nations, right? Christ said, I show, he's, in the Bible, he told him, I told you of things that were to come so that when you see them that you might believe, right? So all these things taking place or whatever, we see clearly that it's time to go home. And I know I'm not the only one being thoroughly dealt, dealt with in my own heart and in my mind. Amen. The Holy Ghost won't leave his people alone. Why? We have an appointment. We have a set appointment. And guess what? Everybody must be ready. You must be packed. Everything sealed. Because it's going home time. How many not ready to go home? No hands. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm ready to go home, saints. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of this life. Amen. I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do while I'm still here, but I'm grieved. I'm grieved, saints. I'm grieved that my children have to face the things that they're facing. I'm grieved that I got to face the things that I'm facing. Amen. 
But God is allowing all these troubles, all these trials, all these listen, different afflictions and troubles and, and all types of persecutions that we're experiencing. He's allowing them to flow into our lives to help us. He's stirring up the nest. Amen. Making us very uncomfortable. Amen. That we look away from this life and everything in this world and desire to go home. Fully dedicate ourselves. Amen. He's here, saints, right now. He wants to fellowship with us more than what we want to fellowship with him. But he wants real fellowship. He wants quality time. He wants, listen, he don't want to have to try to force us and remind us, have you prayed today? What? Have you read your Bible today? You know, know, he shouldn't have to hint at any of that. We should just be so in love. When you're in love with somebody, they ain't got to ask you for your time. If they do something wrong, you enjoy being just being around. You don't say nothing. Just being in the same room. Because of how you feel about that person, that, that it just satisfies something. God don't want to have to drive us, remind us, constantly repeat things over and over. I tell my kids sometimes, you know, because it's like certain chores in the house, is, is they're, they're not desirable. No chore is desirable to be done. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you guys are certain ages. Now I, I shouldn't have to be repeating this. I know you understand. You're very intelligent. You're bright, smart. Young kids. Uh, and the thing about it is they don't want they don't want to hear daddy repeat it. So you're getting grieved with me because I gotta repeat myself, but get grieved with yourself. You the one not doing it. I don't want to keep repeating myself, having you want to be giving me the silent treatment and everything because I gotta remind you to do something that's so simple. And now I'm the bad guy. You know, parents know how it is. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But what about how how much more God? We need to place God. We we say, Lord, you number one. We say, Lord, that we love you. But we need to show him that. So in both cases, he likened it to the kingdom of heaven, the man with the treasure hid in the field and the man that found the pearl of great price. Now, that man that found the pearl of a great price, the Bible says when he found it, the Bible says for the joy. See, when you when you have something that you find that's a value, there is a joy that that, that, that that's connected with that. If we found that hundred dollar bill in the store. Even if you're not a person that smiles a lot, you have to crack a quick smile. I was talking to one of my cousins last night and and he was telling me, he said, he said, cousin, he says, I was at a point one time where I didn't have like no money and I didn't know where I was going to get it from. And the Lord provided. He was telling it to me as a, a, a testimony and the Lord provided. And even when he was telling me the testimony, he started smiling. And it happened years ago. Amen. So when you find something that's a value that you really need, amen, it it, it has an effect on you. So for the joy that he had of what he found, he went in the Bible, said he already found it. He had it. But then he went and sold everything he had to buy it. 
That word pearl, it means a word of great value. It represents Christ. Right? Paul, he had a lifestyle. He had a way of thinking, believing, living. But when he came in contact with Christ, he said, everything I ever had, it became so devalued until he likened it to dumb. That he might obtain what he, he obtained what he called the excellency of Christ. Amen. Amen. You see the value he placed on God. That rich young ruler wasn't able to give up his earthly riches. But Paul gave up his position, his prestige, everything he had ever worked hard for. He counted it immediately as being nothing. For the sake of gaining everything now that he saw in Christ. Listen, Lord have mercy. Now, this value that I'm talking about, the world ain't going to see it as being value. Because Paul came all the way down until Brother Branham said he had one coat. And he asked one of the brothers to bring me my coat. And he waited for that coat to come. Demas looked at him and he said, man, Paul washed up. So he said Demas came from a, a, little, a, a, a little higher lifestyle. He was used to, to hanging with a different class of people. And even though God used Paul significantly in Demas' life, amen, Demas' view of Paul began to change over time, just like Brother Branham has in the eyes of many people. Now, all of a sudden, the very God that was revealing and speaking and showing himself through that prophet. Now, all of a sudden, it's been discounted to a place to where it's speaking evil of and even in places called a devil. Amen. He says, Demas has forsaken me. Doing what, saints? Loving this present world. He said he didn't go out and become a party man. He was still religious. He just was able to live his life in the way that he felt was best. Can I say it in that way, saints? Amen. In a way that he actually felt was best. And now that I've said that, Lord have mercy. I'm not going to keep you much longer, saints. I got so much right here, but it's like I'm going as I, as I feel led. And I feel led to kind of touch on this particular scripture here. Because the rich man, the rich young ruler, how I many know he got older? Right? And as he got older, did he become poor? No, he actually increased. Isn't that something? Amen. He thought, you know, as he saw his life continuing down the line that it did, and he actually obtained more than what he did, than what he had before. I believe he looked back many a times at that time that he met with Christ. And he's like, man, I'm so glad I didn't listen to that guy. Man, he would would have had me in the poorhouse. Look how many, look, look how, look, look how, look how much more. Look how my business has grown. Look how look, look at how many more goods I have. I don't even have room to contain all that I got now. Man, I'm sure glad I didn't listen to that guy right there, man. I, you know, the people, they, whoever followed him, man, I, I feel sorry for him. And now he's up to the present place in his life, and now it seems like he's gotten richer and gaining all this wealth, and he, he, he's, he's kind of glorying in the moment. Thankful that he didn't listen to Christ because I wouldn't be standing right here right now with everything that I got. So rest thyself. Well, let me read it to you because there's something about it that actually stood out to me, saints. 
Luke 12, verse 16, it says, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. He was speaking real confidently, wasn't he? He had everything under control. And that's what many people think. It might not be with riches, amen, but in whatever area of a person's life where they're not willing to just give it all up, amen, they think they can hold on to that and still be able to have all the blessings of God and things of that nature. They think they got everything under control. They're arrogant. You understand what I'm saying? That's where he was. Now notice how it says this now. It says in verse 18, and he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, listen, I will say to my soul. It shows the place he had come to. Soul now has much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink and be merry. It says, but God said, we hear what he said of himself, but how many realize it doesn't matter what we say of ourselves? In his own sight, he was a very, man, I'm a pretty smart guy. You know, I've learned the way of business. I'm a a very good businessman. Amen. My labors and my my, my returns, my profits, it show it. I'm doing pretty good. I don't need to pray that much. I don't need to read my Bible like that. And, you know, people, people talk about all this and that and the other. They don't even take all that. As long as you've got a relationship with God, God understands. And he, you know, nobody else can judge you. God is the only one. You know the mentality is that Satan tried to ease into people's spirits. Huh? So he thought he was a pretty good guy. He thought he was, well, listen, he never stopped going to church. He kept his religion. He kept his current views, his belief. He still, he, he thought him and God was on good terms. Lord have mercy. The very God you thought you were on good terms with, now he's speaking to you and he's calling you a fool. I don't want to get caught up in my thoughts of myself. That's a dangerous thing. That's a very dangerous thing to do. You understand too many people hold themselves to a to in a regard that God didn't come back and confirm. But brother, I got the word. The word tells me he loves me. His Bible says he loved the rich young ruler, too. See, these are the these are some of the tactics of the enemy. How he get a person to be to become fortified in their minds to block out. The very interest of the word that's coming to heal them and to save them and deliver them from their present state. And they refuse it all the way down. The Bible says some men's go, some men's sins go before them and some follow after. I don't want mine to follow after, saints. I want it all to be dealt with right now. Amen. How many grateful that God is dealing with you and your weaknesses and your lacks right now getting it already right now like brother Branham said I don't want no trouble when I come to the river amen I want to just take the hand of my leader amen my see if he's not your leader in this life 
Amen. Whose hand is going to take your hand? When the Lord allowed him to experience hell, the one that came to take his hand was demons. Oh, God. Now, that wasn't a reflection altogether of what. Well, I mean, even at that time, he wasn't converted at that time. But you understand what I'm saying. God allowed that to happen to help us to be able to see what happens to individuals that die outside of God, that make their own decisions, that's not willing to sell all their worldliness. They try to hold on to the, the little things, amen, and tuck it away and sometimes sit in church with a, a hit. They call, they, call, they call it secret sins. A little superfluity of naughtiness. Everybody has troubles. All have sinned and come short. Amen? But the bride is not trying to protect, hold on, and shield She's willing to give it all. She's selling it. Amen. She's casting it away. She's selling everything. Amen. As the Lord helps her, amen, she's willing to let it go. I don't want it no more. I want to give it back to the devil. I want to leave these things of the world with the world. Amen. The Bible says if you love the world or the things of the world, it said the love of God is not even in you. But the devil comes in, saints, with such a persuasion and interpretation that he takes the word and makes people feel like, oh, that don't apply to me. It's a blindness. Amen. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose then, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? He says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The man that, that Lazarus was at the gate of, begging for crumbs. That man, he was in a place, right? And, you know, he thought he had everything going for him. He was living the life. Like they say in this world, I'm living my best life, right? And then all of a sudden, he came to die. But when he died, the Bible says that he lifted up his eyes from hell. Now, who was the rich man in the earth? It was Lazarus. But to look at Lazarus, he looked poor. You know, in the book of Hebrews, the one, listen, the Bible says they were sawn asunder. They were, they, they, they were persecuted. They were, they, were, they were walking about in sheep skins and goat skins. They were destitute. They were afflicted. Right? And to see people in that state, man, they look like bums. You ain't got no place to stay. You ain't got no money. You ain't got you ain't got nothing going for yourself. But God said himself, the world was not worthy of those people. In that downtrodden, poor state, seemingly in the sight of God, they were shining. They were golden in his sight. They were a pleasure. He said, of whom the world wasn't even worthy to have them in it. Lord, have mercy. Lord, help us to have your sight. Amen. Help us to have your mind, your heart, Lord, so that we can see things in the right way. I'm going to leave these few things here with you, saints. Lord, have mercy. Brother Branham, he talks about the woman that uh, came in contact with Christ. 
In the message of investments, he says, she says, sir, I perceive thou, that thou art a prophet. What a difference from a scholarly priest that said he was Beelzebub, a fortune teller or a devil. Said, I perceive that you are a prophet. He says, and we know I've been taught. I, I'm a Greek or a Samaritan. Rather, I've been taught that when Messiah cometh, he will do these things. He says, this 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 will this will be his sign. He says, and he said, I am he that speaks to you. And he says, and Brother Branham says in paragraph 80, right quick, she made an investment. It says she invested and she ran into the city and she couldn't hold it still. She had found the pearl of great price. And she sold out everything else. So in that parable where it says, the man that found the pearl, the man that found the, 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 the treasure, those things represented God in their day, right? It was God in symbol form in that parable, right? And when they found God, their reaction was, this is so valuable to me. I'm going to sell. I'm, listen, all right, I'll do better than that. I'll just, I'll just use this right here just to, just to kind of help you to be able to see the way that the Lord used Brother Branham to say it. The message called, sirs, we would see Jesus. He says, now inspire us, anoint the lips that speak, unctionize the word, give it the life that it needs. He says, and may it fall into the right kind of ground. May it be received with joy. Amen. May they see the value in it and may they receive it with joy. May it be received with joy. Amen. He says that the people that receive it go and sell the worldly things out. All the devil's possessions. He says, by this great pearl, by this, per, this great pearl of great price and there nourish it to their hearts and live hereafter for the Lord. He says, may in, may, may in a year's time they receive children, grandchildren and great, great grandchildren of the gospel. Amen. So he's talking about selling the devil's possessions, selling bad habits. Amen. Releasing it. When you sell it, you release it. You let it go from your possession. Isn't that right? Selling wrong views, wrong perspectives, wrong and bad attitudes, not protecting it, not trying to hold on to it, not trying to justify anything. Amen. But just coming to that place to where, Lord, I want you to just completely change me. I want to give over completely to you, Lord, holy more than I ever have before. I'm tired of going through these cycles, God. I'm tired of having to come to you and ask you for forgiveness for things that I see clearly are wrong in my life. But I fail to seek your face to the extent that you're able to come in and completely, completely free me from it. So we see ourselves as snapshots in time, right? And then at that time, you, you know, you, you're mindful, Lord, have mercy on me. I still got this in me, Lord, deliver me from it or whatever. But the enemy sees that. He sees that sincerity. He, excuse me. Then he comes in and he wants to stifle it. Right. How? How? He don't want you to pray. He don't want. See, you, you might want to rededicate yourself to the Lord, rededicate your time to the Lord. Now, all of a sudden, you're so busy, you don't have time to give yourself over. You got to be able to eat. Chief, which one of those dogs win between the white dog and the black dog? The one I feed the most. If we, if we ain't feeding our inner man. 
This is, listen, this, this is a large contributor to our continued cycles of battles that to this day we still cry out and ask God to help us to be delivered from when we find ourselves failing yet again. We got to reevaluate that. How is this able to happen? Lord, I'm, I, you, must not, I, you must not hold the value to me that I, 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 thought, I, I thought you held. I, 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 I must have not. I, obviously, because I keep failing, I keep making the same decision over and over and over. And in the end, I feel horrible. Because I gave the, the enemy yet another opportunity to draw my spirit down. It's not that you're not a son and a daughter of God. It's just that we're not giving ourselves more to God like we need to to allow his help to come in, his strength to come in. That'll help us to stand and listen to resist the devil. Just a simple resistance. He brings that suggestion or that person or whatever the case might be. And you simply be able to see he got to bring you to that place of strength and power to where you'll be able to say, no, I'm not going to humble myself to that no more. I've allowed that to have too much of a control in my life. Amen. And you think about it. Look how many years. I'm going to say it in this way. Look how many minutes, hours, days, months, weeks, months, years. How long has something been able to rob you of your time? The devil has robbed us of so much. It's time to put a stop to it. Lord, have mercy on me. Amen. Whatever you got to rearrange, brother, you don't understand my schedule, brother. Now, I got a job. I got so much going on. If something significant happened in your life, if your car break down on you, can you make it to work on time? You will adjust. And if you can't get it fixed on that same day, then you got to hunt another ride to work. If that was your only car, you will have to adjust, wouldn't you? Depending on how significant of an impact something has in your life, we adjust constantly. And the devil want to make us feel like we can't alter and adjust and make certain sacrifices to give more place to the very thing that we stand in need of the most. He tried to devalue it to a place to make it seem like, ah, uh, it'd be all right. You ain't pray, ah, uh, it's tomorrow. Next thing you know, next thing you know, you get used to not praying. You get used to not reading your Bible. You get used to not listening to the message of the hour on your own. In quietness, giving it quality time. You get used to that. But we will, we'll never say it. But God sees it. He sees the place of value that he's been given. There's so much more I can say, saints, but I want to read this last scripture here. Um, because this stood out to me as well, and I'm, this would be it. Because if not, I'll, I'll just continue to go on. Because the Lord has just been really dealing with me in my heart. Uh, where are we at? Well, here it is. People don't understand the impact or the importance of, of the very word that God has given us in this hour. And, you know, just how he really feels about that. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. 
Christ always set the tone for those that was following him. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He let them know exactly what was going to be required of them. He had, he had, I believe it was two that was brought to him that wanted to have a certain position with him. And he asked them, he said, are you able to drink from the cup that I have to drink from? Right? So foxes have bird, uh, holes and birds have nests. Listen, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. But yet he was the richest in all the earth. But see, by the eye, unless God helps you to capture that true treasure. Oh, man. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, he says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him do what, saints? He was setting the tone now. Let him do what? Deny himself first. And follow me. That means deny everything that you are. He says, for whosoever will save his life shall do what? Lose it. Did the rich young ruler lose his life? Why did he lose his life? He wasn't willing to sell. He had to sell in order to buy. He says, hold, come, buy without money and without price. Now you understand? You got to sell all the, Brother Brown said, you got to sell all the devil's possessions in order for you to buy. Now that's not, you, you can't buy nothing from God, but you receive it from God. You, you, you can't hold on to the things of the world plus receive the things of God also. You got to get rid of these over here, of these worldly possessions, amen, to be able to obtain the very thing that God has for you that's without money and without price. He comes down, verse 36, for what shall, a, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give, what, in exchange for his soul? That man took his business and allow his soul to be lost for the sake of keeping his business in this life. But when he got ready to die, he realized that he was, he was dealt a bad hand. The devil persuaded him, and he saw it clearly then when he got ready to pass on, saying when he died, he saw clearly where his mistake was. And he, To this very day, he remembers very vividly that time he met with Christ. Ever since then, he's been in torments. He's alive right now. As we're right now, as we're in this service, that young man is alive. He grew older. He died. He's in hell. He's been in hell ever since. And he's remembering. It's, he's being tormented. Do you understand that? He said, look at what I gave my soul in exchange for. Devil, the devil gave me a raw deal. He says in verse 38, whosoever therefore, notice how he says this, shall be ashamed of me, but that ain't it. Shall be ashamed of me, he says, and of my words. Who is a prophet? He's a mouthpiece of God. He said, oh, fools and slow of heart 
to believe all that the prophets have said. And that devil will come right in and say, well, brother, you know Brother Branham made mistakes. Now, you mean to tell me that? No, I'm not talking about that. Wherever he made a mistake, God brought a correction to him. It showed that God was in his life. It showed that he was a man. But those, that, those who came from a different origin, they're able to, to follow that trail of the enemy, that line of thought. And they get stuck on the fact that he said 700 versus 7,000 and just bring out and highlight all these little things. They stay stuck right there because they didn't come from God in the first place. So the very words that Christ has been speaking in every age, he says, if you are ashamed of those, it's still him because it's his spirit, right? See, it, was, it wasn't Brother Brandon's message. It was God's message. It is God's message. It was the Holy Ghost speaking his own word through his prophet's mouth. He says, but if you are ashamed of me or my words, he says, and my words is, he says, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in glory of his, when he cometh in glory of his father with the holy angels. I'm so glad, saints, that God allowed us to see the value in this word. I don't have to ask you. I know that you are grateful for that. God allowed you to be able to come in contact with real truth. Amen. The whole world, the whole world is wrong. Amen. But God gave us a right word. What we're following is the right thing. We're not wasting our time. We're not spinning our wheels. This is meaningful, it's valuable, amen, and it's taking us somewhere. Those that love it is changing us. Isn't that right? We're being changed from glory unto glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we receive this message, the spirit of that message begin to live on the inside of us, and we're actually becoming the message. Amen. I'm grateful, saints. And I believe you understand. Amen. And I believe we all feel the same. We want to be more conscious that, Lord, help us to give you the highest place. And listen now, if it's not in your heart, if somehow you're not seeing the value of this word in the way that you should see it. Amen. We can just pray for one another. Isn't that right? Amen. We can just pray for one another. Lord, help all of us, Father, to see you in the right way and the more highly esteem you in our our day to day lives. Help us to give you what you deserve. So the word value, again, it means the regard that something is held to deserve. Lord, help us to give you what you deserve. To show our value. Show your value in our lives. God bless you, saints. Let us all stand together. And let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let us bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, ever since you laid this on my heart, 
It's been a constant reminder of me, to me, Lord. Of what regard am I holding you in, in my day-to-day life? When I find myself getting ready to make certain decisions, Lord, I believe by your grace you sweep this back across my heart value. And it helps me to stop and just analyze myself the decision I'm getting ready to make. Lord, and you've allowed it to become a guide to me by your grace. And that's the only reason why I shared it with your saints here. Father, that if possible, Lord, it might be able to help someone to be able to, to enter into more of those types of considerations, Father. For us, Lord God, to make sure that the value that we say you hold in our lives, Lord, we're actually regarding you in that place, in what we do, and in how we think, Lord. Forgive us, Father, for the many times that we've failed you. We never desire to fail you, Lord. Lord, your bride always is desiring to give her husband what he stands in need of, Lord, what you deserve. But we've not always made the best decisions, Father, but Lord, it's in our hearts, Father, you know us. Forgive us, Lord, of our many failures, Father, but help us to begin to sell everything. Help us to give it all away, give it all up, Father, whatever it is the enemy is trying to lodge or has been trying to lodge or maybe has successfully lodged within our lives somehow, some way. Lord, may it be uprooted. May it be removed, God. May the circumcision without hands come and just cut all those fleshly desires and worldly habits and ways of thinking completely away from us, Lord, so that we can be more consecrated, that we can love you like we should, Father, in the relationship, Lord God, that you desire to have with us, Lord, to give you that, Lord God, and in the very way that you desire to receive it, Lord. Lord, your children here, Father, we all love you. Lord, help us to love you more. Give us strength, Father God, in our times of battle. Help us to encourage one another and pray for one another, Lord. It's going home time, Father God. We're uniting with you, Father God, but it's also drawing the true bride closer together. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing presently within our lives. For all the goodness that you've shown to us, Lord God, you deserve way more, Father, than what we've given. So we say thank you for your grace and your unconditional love. But Lord, may we please you pleasing to you, Lord, even more, Father God, so much more. Thank you, Father. We love you. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask all these things and we pray. Amen. God bless you, saints. I want to mention something, if you don't mind. I have an uncle. His name is John. And I received word on yesterday that they gave him up for hospice. Diabetic for a while, he's had his bout with it um, just last week. They amputated his left leg, and of course, I go up there each time. And 
one thing that, 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 that fills my heart with joy, he's 74. And one thing that fills my heart with joy is just every time I go in there, he just lifts God up so much. You know, in the message of leadership, you know, that's a very significant message because now he's at the end of his life in this condition. Guess what, saints? He sees the most valuable thing that was always the most valuable thing, even in his times of not recognizing it as being valuable. And it did my heart so much good to be able to sit there with him and his son on last night. And just talk when he constantly, even when the doctors come in, he tell the doctors how good God is. Amen. He might not be able to have captured the revelation of this word, but how many realize that it's really something, saints, you know? By him loving, by him loving me, and I'm nobody, but God has revealed to me who I am in him. When I was young, he used to come around, and every time I saw him, I asked him to give me a dollar. <laughs> I told him last night, I said, if I kept all the dollars you gave me, I said, I'll be pretty well off right now. He's very weak, very frail, but he kind of cracked a small smile. He said, would you? He said, how much money would you have? I said, I don't know, but I would have a lot. Just the smallest things, right? Things that's done from the heart to the bride. There's a reward. They don't even realize what he was doing it to them. Isn't that something, saints? Sometimes God lets us be in positions where somebody has to help us. And many times we always, you know, no, 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 don't worry about it, don't worry about it. I done learned. No, I, I let it happen now. Because I don't know what the Lord is doing. So God knows, saints. So if you can remember, his name is John Cornelius. You know, I say it in that way because we don't always remember. We have good intentions, but if you can remember, just lift him up in prayer. We left on a good note last night just sharing testimonies and what have you, and the atmosphere was just real nice. It was an atmosphere of faith. He was encouraged. Amen. So we'll see what God's will is for his life. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate you. fully surrendered man. It's the challenge of the ages and I want to be like that man in the parable found that treasure went and sold everything he had man, that's how valuable it was to him and I trust I trust that's the way you feel about our Lord Jesus Amen. let's just completely sell out to him Amen. sell all that we have come and follow him like you said man, let's sing that little song together only
is able more than able to accomplish what can turn me today. He is able more than able to handle.
life. Amen. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. We won't hold you any longer. And remember the special needs and prayer requests that were presented to the church through the week to pray for your brothers and sisters. Amen. Sing this as you go. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let's sing it together. Oh, God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, always light to shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Well, if you're walking through the valley and there's shadows all around, oh, do not fear, for He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. Never leave you or forsake you. And his word is good, God is good all the time. This heart of mine, God is good all the time. The darkest night, oh, his light will shine, God is good. God is good all the time. Well, we were sinners, so unworthy, yet for us He chose to die. Filled us with His Holy Spirit, and now we stand and testify. Well, that His love is everlasting, and His mercies, glory, they will never end. God is good. Sing it as you go. For a song of praise in this heart of mine, God is good all the time, through the darkest night, oh, His Light will shine, God is good, God is good all the time. Sing it now, God is good.